People of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. And welcome in again to another session of the Brothers Talk. We are so glad to be with you, and we hope that all of you are still staying safe and well out there, as this is one of the few things that is still permissible to do that is uh, healthy. So we are glad that you can join us again. And as we get started, I want to offer me a couple for myself to acknowledge that I said last week was the seventh broadcast, when it was in all actuality, it was the eighth. So this is the ninth broadcast, so we're on our way to number 10. But we're going to jump in again and continue to deal with the topic that's, of course, tantamount to everybody's situation, which is the COVID-19 coronavirus situation and how it's affecting our nation and as well as our communities. So once again, let me welcome in my co-hosts, Scott and Norm. So gentlemen, take it away. I just want to say thank everybody for tuning in. Keep listening. We want your support. Uh, this is an opportunity, although you can't really go out and shop, but it's going to be like 2.0 when we finally get past this. Remember to buy black. And I want to just piggyback up on that, Scott. Um, everyone who was trying to chase toilet paper all over the place. And I remember there's a toilet paper manufacturer, producer, or distributor right here in Bergen County. I looked them up, found them, and I ordered toilet paper from them and they delivered it to my front door. So, you know, that's the resource that we're really overlooking right now. There are black businesses out there that will actually deliver things to your front door. So if you can't get something in the supermarket or these other stores, you know, always look for black businesses because they're small, they're smooth, they're quick, and they were excellent, provided excellent service. So I just want to say that. And I also just wanted to thank everyone again for supporting us. Okay, so jumping right into the mix, this is going to be one of those things that the number of folks that are being taken out by this epidemic, this pandemic, is just frankly frightening. And so I hope that there are a lot of people out there that you have something that you believe in that will help you to get through this whole process. But starting out, I just have to talk about what I've been seeing in these press conferences. And it just really starts to gall me the fact that we have an administration that literally sat around and did nothing for five weeks from the first time that the first coronavirus case was actually acknowledged on January 20th until they actually started to do something on February 29th. And so we've been seeing a constant stream of misinformation and revisionist history from the administration in the press conferences. And so what's most disturbing to me is that we have a press corps seems to be more concerned about keeping their press credentials than they are about telling the truth. I mean, it's gotten so bad that it's comical that the late night hosts and any number of memes that are out there 
just take it upon themselves to just show the lie after lie after lie that the president and the members of his administration keep telling about how quickly they got involved or that he was involved with the impeachment hearings and that was distracting him. One of the best that I saw was the, uh, the overlay of the number of times that he was playing golf during the time that not only from the impeachment hearings, but right up through the 1st of March when they actually started to do something. And so yet we see a press corps that is willing to sit there and allow him to tell these unfettered lies without challenging him. And so I'm more disturbed about what the press, whose job it is to ferret out the truth, being in my mind complicit in letting this process go on. What's even more shocking is Jared Kushner's position in, in this whole thing. Here's somebody who who's failed at everything, like the president, actually, that he's ever done. And now he's put in a position to really run this entire show. And what he has done is he's positioned himself to be a major profiteer on this death and destruction. But that's capitalism in, in, in its finest hour. You know, and what is particularly galling as well is the fact that you have people without any medical or military training, when clearly that's what's called for. Um, we were talking earlier about General Honore in Louisiana after Katrina, basically being put in charge of that process and how much more efficiently and effectively the needs of the people were met down there in the middle of that crisis. And clearly you need people who have training in logistics and facilitating large scale efforts, people who have training in how to purchase and procure and then distribute items. And the last thing that you need is people who are looking to make a buck. And one of Kushner's statements was about how much expertise there is in the entrepreneurial segment, which is the last thing that anybody needs to be thinking about. One of the things that's disappointing to me recording the media is the way that they're reporting the deaths. They're not giving us a breakdown by race. But for a long time, we didn't know what was really happening in the black communities. You would hear about different situations in different places in the country. But now we're beginning to hear and some states are reporting by race and we're being impacted more than any other group of people in this country. Why is that? Is it because of the healthcare system? There seems to be something going on here that I can't really put my finger on that's it's impacting black folks in a negative way. I think the part of it is the way that it's being reported. You have people still going to large gatherings. You have a lot of folks still going to church. It's okay to go to church and pray. It's okay to pray and, and ask for guidance from God. We're all religious, and that's, that's our stronghold the church is. But people are still going to church when they're telling you to practice some social distancing. You have black folks going to the supermarket. When I go to supermarkets, you see folks at supermarket. They're not, they don't have on masks. I don't know whether it's because they don't have a mask or gloves or whether they don't believe that this is real. I see so many people not protecting themselves, not only not protecting themselves, but not protecting other folks. You go in there masked up and gloves up, gloved all up, and hear people walking around very casually. When I'm in the store, I'm dodging people like I'm playing dodgeball. I'm trying to get in and out of there real quick. But there are people who are just real casual about this whole thing, and not just a few people, a lot of folks. And it's impacting our community in such a way when the death tolls are tattled up family, it's going to have a real devastating effect on our communities. You know, you brought some real interesting points. 
And I think the unfortunate part of it is that there is not a single answer regarding how this epidemic is disproportionately affecting our communities because we all know, and we've talked about on previous podcasts, how everything from the distrust that is well-earned by the medical profession amongst our people and that a lot of times we do not go to the doctor when we get the symptoms of this deadly disease as well as many other diseases. So a lot of diseases kill us disproportionately. We certainly have a underwhelming number of us who are covered by healthcare insurance programs. We know that there are problems when we do go to seek treatment, that there's still a good bit of discrimination, even at the emergency care and for even private care facilities. So there isn't a one-size-fits-all, but the part that that you said that disturbs me the most. And it even happened today. There was a guy who I pretty much respect his opinion on a whole lot of things who actually put out a call on Facebook for people to join him at the park to exercise. You know, I thought it was irresponsible. I said, you know, you're too smart to do something like that in the face of the overwhelming evidence of the need to stay at home. And and particularly when we are really not even sure of exactly how contagious this whole disease is because they keep revising information like whether you should wear a mask. First, it was only about sneezing and coughing. Now they're saying that even just talking or breathing around people six feet away from you can cause it. And I'm just very suspicious because to me, it's awfully difficult to believe that this much carnage could be happening off of a single guy who ate a bat over in China, and now we got a worldwide situation. That just doesn't seem to add up to me in any kind of credible way. I I just want to touch base with what Scott was saying before um, regarding the measuring the effect of the Black community. And I think the only real way to measure that is going to be by how many African Americans have access to the testing. And that's the real thing. We, I believe that we don't have real access to testing. So it's going to explode in our communities before that's even discovered. I just wanted to touch base with uh, what Scott was saying now. That's the issue that concerns me. You, I'm wondering, is it done intentional or not? You have a situation in Albany, Georgia. They're saying that there were two different funerals, and people from both those funerals got somebody, somebody at one of the funerals was infected. Well, from those two funerals, there were 63 people tested positive. They didn't have, to your point, Norm, they didn't have enough tests. They needed to test something like 450 more people. In the meantime, not having enough tests, that 450-something additional people are running around in a, in a city where there are about 75 to 100,000 people. And now, as a result of that, they don't have enough equipment. They don't have supplies. They ran out of beds right away. I saw the CEO of the hospital down there said that they went through six months of of supplies in one week. So this is happening in Albany currently. I don't know what the current death rate is. It's getting ready to happen in Detroit. It's happening in New Orleans. And like you said, Rod, we don't know whether they have access to testing. We know they don't have the resources. I'm just curious about something just don't feel right to me. Something don't feel right when they tell you to continue to wash your hand every 20 minutes, although you're inside and you haven't been outside. Why would you be getting infected? I have a friend in Atlanta whose father has it. 
hasn't been outside, nothing, hadn't been in contact with people, all of a sudden he comes up with the virus. To me, that's saying that we're not getting all the information. Either they don't know or they're not telling us the correct information about how people are being infected by this virus. And once again, we're talking about so many people out there who are probably already positive with this insidious disease that's obviously a lot more broadly spread because it seems that the more testing that is done, that really that just results in more positives. The tests are part of this bidding process and they can't even agree on the testing process. I mean, you hear about they have in, in Detroit, Michigan now, this 15-minute test that has been highly accurate, but other places like California are still talking about like 48 to 72-hour backlog on getting the results in. And so once, because you don't have a single hand who is in charge of this process, we've got just a hodgepodge of methodologies that's causing widespread confusion and causing more and more carnage in terms of people who are dying. And it's just unthinkable. Go ahead, and I still like to touch base again on how this is disproportionately going to affect our communities. Now, in those Southern states that rejected the ACA and Medicare for all, they lost many, many hospital beds because those rural hospitals had to close because they were no, they weren't, being reimbursed for treating poor patients. So they lost a lot of infrastructure in the Medicare system in all of those red states. So again, not, just not having access to the testing, but now you don't even have the facilities to care for those who are tested and sick. It's really confusing to a lot of people. It's mind boggling to me that you still have some states and some governors who are not issuing social distances orders orders or, or shelter in place orders and so people are not getting any kind of real direction and they think that they can carry on business as usual there was a couple of incidences i saw where ministers have been arrested in florida and louisiana for encouraging people actually sending buses out to get people bringing busloads of people to church and people are going to church and folks are getting infected and people are dying a lot of those people are black folks. And that's the worst kind of misuse of religion because they're people who are not trying to read the Bible for themselves, who are not even listening to their better judgment because nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to ignore the rules of the state. Matter of fact, you even got the words of Jesus himself telling you that, you know, render to Caesar that which is Caesar and that to God which belongs to God. And so why people would just suspend their better judgment, their common sense to follow these quacks who are claiming that, you know, they have the ability to cure any kind of disease and so forth is just beyond understanding. One of the things, Rod, you mentioned, just, just to go back to the media a little bit, the media covers these press conferences and they get in these loops. And every channel that you turn to, they're covering the same thing. Every hour, they're covering the same thing. But they're not covering what's happening in these cities, what's happening on the ground. You, you see what's happening in New York, but you don't see what's happening in rural communities. You don't see what's happening in small towns. We don't have any information about what's really going on. 
The other thing that bothers me about the information that we're getting, not only are they not giving you information based on race, they'll tell you, okay, we're going to tell you by county how many people are infected, but they won't tell you exactly where in the county for different states. I know in Maryland, they'll just say so many in this county that like, you can look, you can go online and see how many supposedly that they tested positive based on that particular county, but they won't say where. I would like to know where so I can stay out of that area. Information I think that can help people by giving actual locations of where there's a cluster of this happening, they're not giving that kind of information out. And it's funny because down south, people move from county to county like it's nothing right. daily. So right. that's not even an accurate measurement. They're just not giving, to me, they're not serving the public. They're focusing so much on every word, everything that comes out of the administration. And like I said, it's on a loop and a cycle. One hour, you have another show and they go regurgitate with that show show. Show us what's going on throughout the country in some of these communities. That's what I want to see. And we're not getting that. So people can't really make real good judgments about, you know, where safety zones, where they can go, that kind of thing. Yeah, it looks like they're so desperate to hold on to their seat in the briefing room that they can hear a bald-faced lie come out of the mouth of somebody who's standing behind the podium, as opposed to doing their jobs in reporting truth and noting whenever there is misinformation and disinformation as you said, Scott, they're just going through a process of making sure that every hour on the hour, the only update is really how many more people have been hospitalized, how many more people have tested positive, and how many more people have died. And so even when they have these broadcasts around the stimulus package, you know, there's no new information there. And I give them credit for acknowledging that people have a lot of questions and for providing experts. But at some point, you know, you could just refer that to a website. Yeah, and they're doing it day after day after day after day. You can pretty much, if you turn on your TV at any time, you can pretty much get exactly what you just said, Rod. They're going to give you an update on the number infected, the number of deaths. They may do it by state. They may or may not do it by state. They're going to focus on New York because it's, it's the epicenter right now. But other than that, you don't really get any other real useful information. It's just the same stuff day in and day out. Every day, it's the same stuff. And they really ought to be calling out those states that have yet to issue stay-at-home orders because the scariest thing that I keep hearing is that once they are able to bend the curve on the amount of infection that is happening, then those states that did not test thoroughly, those states that did not take the kind of precautions are going to be places where the whole thing could start up fresh again. Exactly. They, they talked about Florida a little bit, but they put a little pressure on him. He did some shelter in place. But if you're still going to allow people to go to the beaches, if you're still going to allow people to go to church, you haven't done anything. And let's not forget the great governor of the state of Georgia, who with the CDC being located right mm. in Atlanta, Georgia, was <laughs> not aware that the coronavirus could be transmitted by asymptomatic people. So, you know, that's just the kind of competent just, leadership that we have out there. Yeah, he just found out about it like 24 hours ago. It's like, okay, somebody showed where they had actually sent a report to the governor's office talking about ways that you can get it. And that was one of them. If a person is asymptomatic, you can get it from that person. But he just found, maybe no one read that report and told him about it. <laughs> Uh, well, what? to be fair, though, he was busy purging voters. You can't do everything at the same time. 
Well, that was back during election. He didn't have that excuse this time around. Well, that's it again for another edition of the Brothers Talk, and we thank each and every one of you for spending some of your time with us, and we look forward to sharing with you again next week. We're in the process of setting up a live call-in podcast recording, so please stay tuned for those details. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at The Brothers Talk, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you want to go long form with your comments, you can reach us at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. So please stay safe and stay well, and in parting, as always, we say, let's do better today because that's all we really have.